0: series, but in August 19th, uh, we are embarking on a brand new series called The Heart of a Preacher. I'm excited because we're going to have some godly men come up on this stage and just preach their heart out, uh, and um, we just love it. We, we are taglining that series, Godly Wisdom from Godly Men. So a little bit more information as we draw closer to that uh, in August. But we are diving into a passage in Ephesians uh, that really deals with how children honor their parents and ultimately how parents honor their children. So uh, I ran across a couple of pictures, or what we would call in this generation memes, uh, online. uh, And so I thought I'd share them with you. I think this is something that all parents can relate to. We'll get the first one up here. Uh, Tonight at 3 a.m., I'll start crying like crazy and make them cry to guess why. Can we relate? Parents, kids crying in the middle of the night and we have no reason why. We'll see what the next one is. When your kid keeps showing you the same thing over and over inside, you're like, I seen it. I think that's my favorite one. I think we got another one up here. How I feel after putting the kids to bed. (laughs) That's all too true. Uh, The next one. When my kid tells me they clean their room literally two minutes after me asking them to clean it. I don't believe you. That's a good one. The face you give your kids when they misbehave in public. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? You make the face. Kaya says, Dad, you, you flare the nostrils and you give me the big eyes. <laughs> I think we've got one more. Oh, this one's my favorite. Silence is golden unless you have a toddler. In that case, silence is very, very suspicious. <laughs> Amen. So good deal. Hey, so in this series over the book of Ephesians, we've called it Child. God. And really, just to kind of recap it, we've been answering two questions. And so Ephesians has six chapters, and the first three chapters answer this question, who are we in Jesus? Like, what does it mean for us that Jesus gave his life, that he rose from the dead, that that he lived perfectly on our behalf? What does that mean? Who are we? Is our identity rooted in our habit? Is it rooted in our sin? Or Is it rooted in Jesus? And so what Paul does, the author of this letter to the Ephesian church, Paul takes those first three chapters and he really outlines who Jesus is and how that completely transforms and changes our life. That we are taken out of addiction and we are taken into freedom. That the shackles that have held us back, that the shackles that have kept us from really walking in a life full of joy and fulfillment are really experienced and met with Jesus Those shackles are broken, they're taken away, and the Bible will say matter of fact, in Ephesians, it will say that we are moved out of darkness and into light. And because of that, we're called to walk in love, walk in light, and walk in wisdom. And now we enter into the last half of Ephesians. We're embarking into chapter six here in just a moment, but we answer the second question, which is So I know who Jesus is, and I've experienced a genuine relationship, I've been forgiven from my past. I'm walking in new life, but what does that mean for me? What changes? So it would be like this. It would be having a genuine encounter with Jesus on a Sunday morning, for example. You come forward, you're prayed over, the entire congregation just rejoices with thanksgiving because someone has given their lives to Jesus. But you feel different. So what's going to be different when you go back to work? What's going to be different when you go back home? What's going to be different when you're hanging out with your friends, when you're going to buy groceries, when you're going to the mall, you're going out to eat one evening? What's different? And we learned this, that a changed life results in a changed lifestyle. And so the book of Ephesians can be summarized in two words, doctrine and practice. Those first three chapters were filled with a bunch of knowledge. Here's who Jesus is. Here's how he changes your life. And those last three chapters are filled with practice, with application, how we can live that out. And one of the ways that we've set this in our past is this. Your passion determines your pursuit. Because you're always going to pursue the things that you're passionate about. The things that you love are what you give your time, your energy, your effort, and really your treasures over to. And so we're really kind of boiling down to this question Is Jesus your passion? Because if Jesus indeed is your passion, then you're gonna give over your time, your effort, your energy, and your treasures to him, his kingdom, and what he is about. And what we've discovered in this series is that because Jesus Christ has saved us, because he has pulled us out of a life of sin and set us free into a life of righteousness through Jesus Christ, that Christ is our single greatest passion, or at least he should be. And when he is our passion, our pursuits are one that honor him and give him glory. So I want to start this morning by going to an Old Testament passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4. Now, I love this passage because this is a passage that was instructed to the Israelite nation so that they would take the commands of God, they would take all that God had given to them, and they would know the commitment and the reality of of passing that on to the generation after them. So Deuteronomy chapter six, we'll start with this, beginning in verse four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God. And I love that because that's where it starts, doesn't it? That's where everything starts, It starts with a love for God. It starts with an understanding that the creator of all things has given himself, became flesh in the person Jesus, and gave himself for you and for me. So in everything in our life, that's where it begins. That's where it starts. If we're going to succeed in anything, and specifically if we're going to succeed in our parenting, it begins with loving the Lord. And so we're told how that looks, that we will love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. The actions that you do, the way you live out your life must be a representation of the Jesus who you tell your kids about. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Here's what we know and here's what we understand as we dive into Ephesians chapter six this morning. The way God designed the family to thrive and flourish is when parents raise their children to love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul and strength. Because when families thrive, Communities thrive. When families are transformed, communities are transformed. And so it has always been said it begins at home. And that is absolutely true because that is absolutely biblical. It begins at home. If we, we, if we want to be about life change, if we want to be about community change, if we want to be about transformation in our state, in our nation, and in our world, it begins at home. Home. It begins with parents pouring into the generation that they have authority over. You see, if we want this generation of kids to change the world, then it starts with this generation of adults pouring into the kids of this generation. That's where it begins. And if you don't have children or if you're single or if you are an empty nester this does not exclude you from our message today because what we find not just in Ephesians but all throughout God's word is that it's not just the parent's responsibility but those who have actively said I want to be part of a local congregation I want to be part of a local church So if you are a part of this church, then part of your responsibility is to invest, to raise the children of this generation to love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their strength. And what I love most about this church, I love a lot of things about this church, but what I love most about this church is the occasional crying that takes place, is the occasional fidgeting that comes along, the moving around that comes along with kids being in service, and I know not everyone feels the same way, the way I feel, and that's okay, But I love it because it brings me to this reality. It shows that we are a church, that we are a local family, a local congregation that is vibrant with kids. And I'd rather have a noisy church with kids than a silent church without kids because we are raising up. Yeah, you can clap. Give it in. If you're gonna clap, come all in. So we're entering the sixth chapter of Ephesians, and it's the last chapter in this book. It's the last chapter, really, in this series. And chapter 6 is the crescendo. It's the summit of everything that we learn. So if Ephesians, is, if Ephesians was Mount Everest, chapter 6 would be the summit. It would be the very top of the mountain. So when climbers train for climbing Mount Everest, they can train up to two years. And they learn the do's and don'ts. They learn the things that are going to make them successful if they're to reach the summit. Well, Ephesians, the first five chapters, is much like that. It's this training. It's this instruction. It's letting us know what we are building up towards. And chapter 6 is the summit. It's the paramount of everything that we learn. We get into relationships or what theologians would call household codes. So we learn marriage codes yesterday or last Sunday. We learned, we're we learning um, parenting codes this Sunday, and next Sunday, we'll learn about master and servant codes, how that relationship works out. Some translations will say slaves. We'll really dive into what that really means. Should we interpret that word from American perspective, or do we need to kind of go back to what the Bible is really talking about there, but we'll learn more about that next Sunday. So we get to relationships. We get to preparation, because there are real threats that exist in our spiritual walk. And what we'll learn in two more weeks as we close out Ephesians chapter 6 is that God has not left us alone, that God has left us with the Holy Spirit to empower us. And not only that, that there are are real things that we can put on, and Ephesians 6 will entitle it the armor of God. So this morning we dive into a passage about how children are to honor their parents and how parents are to honor or disciple their children. So right off the bat, let's hit the pause button, right? And I want everyone to understand this. There is no such thing as a perfect parent. Let's say that together. There is no-